From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. We're honored that you're joining us today. We're doing our first show in a series on asset-based lending, or you may know it as collateral-based lending. Assets are often used as collateral to get lower interest rates uh, than uh, you would might get on an unsecured loan. And there is another type of collateral very often used. It's a much softer form of collateral, or I might even say mushier form than assets. We'll have a quiz at the end of this series of shows as to what that other form of collateral is. The only hint I'll give you at this point, and I might repeat it in this in the series, it's used very often, maybe more often, than using assets as collateral. So there's a little quiz to think about as we go through our series of shows, again, on asset-based lending. Now, during the intro, I'd normally define what asset-based lending is, but I think today's show may be more effective than a definition since we'll be sharing a very broad range of assets that our guest accepts as collateral for his business. The show is aptly titled, Turning Assets to Cash. Now, whether you're on the U.S. West Coast or in Arizona where I am and you're sipping a cup of coffee, the U.S. East Coast and you're getting ready for lunch in Europe and just ending your work day, you're somewhere in between or you're listening to the archive of the show, I'm sure you'll be glad you joined us for this hour. On the Wealth DNA Radio Show, we focus on the fundamentals of investing and providing great ideas for building and protecting your wealth. Today is no exception, as we share a way an entrepreneur has created a new business providing asset-based loans. Who knows, you may like his business model so much you'll find a way to partner with him to expand to other markets. And if you don't, another listener just might. I like to start each show with a quote, and the first that came to mind is one of the statements made by Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter. You may remember that uh, I always mention them together since when Sharon Lecter was on our show. She corrected me when I left her name off on some of those quotes, so my apologies for the past, and I'm being better in the future. In one of the many books I recommend for investors of all ages, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, here's that quote. The rich buy assets. The poor only have expenses. Let me repeat that quote. The rich buy assets. The poor only have expenses. As I mentioned, this quote is from Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Today is Monday, May 23, 2016. It is 9.03 in Arizona and 18.03 in continental Europe. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. If you didn't receive a reminder of the show, you should connect with us on Twitter or Facebook where we post reminders. Just connect with The Ronald, put together as a single word. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share this information with you. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show, 
You can find all past shows on the archive. And, of course, this show will be in that archive about 15 minutes after we end. Just go to wealthdna.us where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. We welcome your comments and questions during the show. I recommend using the chat window below the radio player since we have a lot of information to share. And I should double-check. It's always a good reminder when I say that that we have the chat window up. Yes, it is. So if you put a message in there, question, suggestion, whatever, comment, we will see that. The alternative is you can call in on our normal call-in number, 917-388-4162. It's also shown at the top of the Internet screen. After calling in, you need to dial 1 to reach our producer. Otherwise, you'll be listening to the show, as many of our listeners do as they drive or commute since our last show, the U.S. equity markets are a little changed. I'd say they're pretty much where they were two weeks ago. The U.S. markets are off to an undecided, or maybe I could call it a negative start. Asia was mixed. Europe, which just closed, was down. And Brazil is also down. The key question this month, will the old adage, sell in May and go away, hold true? I will share that I'm using price increases to sell some holdings, although the markets have stayed in a pretty tight range for quite some time, so I haven't sold as much as I had planned. Now, our guest today to discuss turning assets to cash is Mark Israel, a uh, partner in Biltmore Loan and Jewelry based in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area. He was born just north of New York City in Poughkeepsie, New York. And by the way, we'll refund the cost of listening to anyone who can spell Poughkeepsie without looking it up. He started his career as an accountant. Now, despite so many stereotypes about accountants, Mark has actually had quite a diverse entrepreneurial career path. He's been involved in manufacturing Western wear, coffee brewers, and even iced tea machines. And after cashing out his stake in one of the companies, he started a new business, grew it for five years, and again sold that stake. He went into sales for several years in the beverage industry, which he obviously knew very well. And I suspect it was during a brainstorming session over stronger beverages that the current business was born, Biltmore Loan and Jewelry. Let's give a warm radio welcome to Mark Israel. Welcome, Mark, and thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Ron. Thanks for digging me up somewhere in this universe and inviting me on. I appreciate that. <laughs> I and gave a brief overview of your background. I'm sorry. No, Ron, it was an old joke that if you could spell Poughkeepsie, you didn't have to finish eighth grade. So, if, as you mentioned to your listeners, if you could spell the kids, you do get some sort of credit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll get, we'll pay them back for uh, listening to the free show. Uh, so that is one heck of a reward. But nonetheless, tough name to to pronounce. And I gave a brief overview of your background, even included your uh, your hometown. How do you introduce yourself at a cocktail party? Pretty much, I, I say that I'm the new banker. Because okay. our business model is such that we say yes when the bank says no. So as I introduce myself, I say I'm the alternative banker or a new banker. Um, but then as the party goes on and a few of the stronger drinks than iced tea are consumed, <laughs> somebody might come up to me and I say I'm a sophisticated upscale pawnbroker. Okay. Interesting interesting way to do it. And let's, uh, we'll talk a little yep. bit about that and I and I have to admit I I have not many met met many accountants. Let's try that in English now. Who became successful entrepreneurs? And I think you already qualify as a serial entrepreneur. 
Well, that, that goes back. I had a very, very strong father. He was a sergeant in World War II, and he had this objective of having his son go to college. Mm-hmm. But he would not let me go register for school unless I had a major picked out. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but he always wanted to be a, an accountant, and turned out he couldn't. He went into sales. So to make him happy, I put down as a major accounting. So for four years, I studied accounting, got out of school, had a friend that was working for Pricewaterhouse in New York City. He arranged for an interview, and I became a Pricewaterhouse staff accountant. Hated every minute of it. It wasn't oh. for me. It wasn't my personality. But I stuck it out for five years and realized that, there was a much more exciting and fulfilling life out there, and that led me into various businesses. But that is the influence of a strong will father. May he rest in peace. Um, so I got involved with major, you know, in the liquid, the beverage business, the manufacturing business, ended up in one of the businesses, I don't think you mentioned what it was, I actually invented a baseball cap with a flashlight in it. Mm-hmm. And that led into... Uh, meeting somebody that led into me, oh, finding out that there's such a thing out there called a alternative lender. You mentioned early on turning assets into cash. Mm-hmm. That is our business. We take individuals' assets, turn it into immediate cash in an upscale environment in Scottsdale, Arizona. That is, that is basically our business. Okay. It's called Biltmore Loan and Jewelry. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when starting Biltmore Loan, you and your partners not only started a business, but you're also investors that are focusing on asset-based lending, right? So from the from the flip side, you're asset-based lenders. Exactly. There was a, a time in that create. There was an event that occurred. The recession in 2008 kind of flipped the switch for individuals. People were available, the banks made it very easy for individuals to obtain cash using their home as equity. There were second mortgages and third mortgages, and people took advantage of that because they thought the appreciation in their home was going to continue forever. It created, obviously, a a situation in the banking industry and and a financial crisis and eventually led to a recession. But that ease in borrowing created many assets for individuals that Fast forward a number of years, they need to convert that asset into cash, and our business model allows that to happen. Interesting point. I hadn't thought about the tie-in with the recession, but you're absolutely correct. Uh, and, of course, banks froze up in 2008, as, as everybody knows. But you made a comment. So you were saying real estate doesn't continue to appreciate all the time? I, not in certain parts of this country, that's for sure. <laughs> all you right. Come well, out here in Arizona, and you saw that happen. I know it. I know it. Now, becoming a lender requires significant capital. Did you and your partners self-fund the company, or do you also have outside investors who were able to get bank financing? Yeah, we were able to self-fund it as well as, you know, using our our local bank that, you know, has faith in us and we had enough assets to to have their assistance. So we have self-funded through uh, bank and associates and, and, and some friends that got involved as well. 
Okay. And uh, I assume most of you are aware, but most of our listeners would not, that your your company would not qualify for SBA financing uh, just because of the lending aspect. There are a couple of restrictions on SBA financing. So if somebody was about to suggest to you, gee, it sounds like a great way to get uh, financing for each of your stores, uh, SBA just won't work for you. No, that's that's not the business model. Really, we fall under a very tight, restricted business model. We have two licenses. One is a, mm-hmm. a pawn license because we take people's assets and convert it to cash by lending money using their asset and putting it into our safe. We'll get into the details of, okay. the, of yep. the business down the road. And the other is that we have a, a resale license. We, we also have the ability to buy people's assets and then turn around and, and sell them. Okay. So part of our right. business model is, is an e-commerce site, too, and, and I'll explain that later as well. Sure. Yeah, because of the lending, the SBA won't fit. Okay. But before we dig into those specifics, would you share with our listeners how they would contact you and learn more about Biltmore Loan and Jewelry? Uh, definitely a web address as well as email if you're uh, willing. Sure. Uh, the web address is – I'm still old-fashioned, so I say the words www.biltmoreloan.com. Dot com. That is our web address. Um, we also have a, an additional web address, which is BiltmoreLux.com, and that's the second side of the business where we um, disperse of our assets. And I could be reached at Mark, M-A-R-C, at mm-hmm. BiltmoreLoan.com. Okay, and it M-A-R-C is M-A-R-C at BiltmoreLoan.com. Correct. A very important point because uh, for whatever reason, we, we had a draft version of, of the uh, posting up, and hopefully it will be corrected in the near future. But if somebody saw your name there, they would have seen M-A-R-K, so our apologies for that. And for whatever reason, it didn't get corrected despite, uh, as you know, our, our producer uh, getting it corrected, something didn't, didn't take. So anyway, we'll get that fixed. But that's why I want to make sure people realize it's M-A-R-C. Uh, now, can you share some typical examples of the types of assets your clients bring in as collateral? Sure. Um, Let's go back and and let me explain to the audience why people come to Biltmore Loan and Jewelry. Um, And they come here for four reasons. Everyone, anybody that comes to this door, and we have two doors. We have one in Scottsdale and one in in Chandler. Um, They come for four reasons. They all start with the letter D. Sad to say, but the number one reason somebody comes to our door is divorce. a woman or a gentleman are going through a divorce. They need to have a retainer for a lawyer. They don't want to look at that asset any further. They come to us, and we can either buy their asset or provide a short-term bridge loan using that asset, a diamond ring, a Rolex watch, a tennis bracelet, whatever the asset might be, mm-hmm. um, for that uh, immediate need. The second D is debt. A businessman um, runs into a situation where he needs a to make payroll or he needs to make an investment and he has a large accounts receivable. He could bring to us personal assets. He could bring to us his fleet of trucks. We could do loans using that as, as collateral. So mm-hmm. debt is the second D. The third D is death. Parent dies, a spouse dies. It, it is reality. It does happen, especially you know, for us baby boomers that are having parents, you know, passing away. Sure. Um, and the assets that they leave could be the, the jewelry, it could be the artwork, it could be the, 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 the crystal. 
the children don't want it. So they'd rather convert it to cash where the spouse that lost a, a loved one uh, wants to convert the, the assets into cash. So we can buy those assets from them. And the fourth D, once again, to go back to the baby boomer generation, is downsizing or decluttering. Okay. We're moving from larger homes into condominiums, retirement communities. There's artwork we have. There's sterling silver. There's crystal. The kids don't want it. They're living in smaller apartments. The millenniums don't collect things the way that their parents did or their, their grandparents did. So downsizing or decluttering is, is the fourth D. So once again, divorce, debt, death, and downsizing are the reason everybody comes to this door. And then we take that and we take their significant asset and we can turn it into significant cash. They can't go to the bank with a Rolex watch and walk out 20 minutes later with $10,000. And then to take it forward, if you look at the dynamics or the demographic of the person that walks to our door with the four Ds, those people have two choices when they come to the door. And it seems that the split is 50-50. Half of the individuals will take that asset and sell it to us and walk out immediately with the significant cash. The Mm -hmm. other 50% have an emotional attachment to the asset, feel they want it back, and they'll use the the collateral as a short-term bridge loan. Mm -hmm. And at the end of a period of time, they can come back, get their asset, and move on with their life. Or at the end of that time, they can make a decision and say, you know what, I can live without the Rolex. I can tell my t- time using my Apple phone. And they walk away without any penalty. So basically, they sold the asset to us in 90 days earlier. So those are, that's pretty much a, a quick synopsis of, of the business model. Oh, that was excellent. I mean, well organized and, and well put together. And I, I guess jokingly, I could say in the case of divorce that um, – uh, diamond engagement ring probably does not be, fit in the category of I really want a loan against. They probably never want to see it again if it is a divorce, uh, and they would just as well sell that. So uh, that, that that's a great that's example. True. Right. But believe it or not, Ron, there are women out there that say, you know what, I'd like to give that ring to my daughter. That's Especially, uh, you know, if it's a 30-year-old or 31 or 32-year-old sure. going through the divorce, yes, they want to get rid of it. But right. if it's a right. middle-aged woman that, you know, had that ring, she might say to herself, you know what, I, I need that $10,000 for the attorney, but I'm getting a commission check or, um, you know, I'm going to get my settlement. I'll come back and get the ring in, in 90 or you know, 120 days. So there is some emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you shared these examples because I would think the most difficult asset for you to lend against or, or to, to buy would be those that require an appraisal or a specialized assessment of authenticity. And I'm thinking artwork or, or some sort of collectible, uh, historic, uh, antique, those kinds of things. Have you developed those skills or, or does your staff have those skills or do your clients need to have some items appraised or provide certificates? You know, it's it's an interesting point. It's a combination of all those. We have, in both of our locations, we have two um, graduate uh, GIA gemologists. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to jewelry, we have no issues. We handle that in-house. Um, when it comes to artwork, we have sources at various auction houses that we partner with because a lot of the artwork we get we don't sell it ourselves we send it out to christie's or Sotheby's. Sure. 
Um, so we use their professional team of experts to determine a market value, and then we proceed there once we hear what the market value is. When it comes to crystal and um, other items, believe it or not, we use the real world. And today the real world is the, the web, and in the web is something called eBay. And eBay really tells us what the market will pay for a certain item. It could be you know, a watch. It could be a, uh, a Thomas Kincaid piece. Who know, you know, anything. You can go on there and find out what the real world is paying for it. And, that, and we base a lot of our offers on the results from eBay. We also have the ability to get behind the scenes through using certain websites to find out what items went for at auction. Uh, we pay monthly fees to get that. So we see the actual results of auctions that were held at Sotheby's or Christie's or Heritage Auction. So that helps our team assess the market value for an item. Wow, so you really started that answer correctly, all of the way above. Boy, you really, uh, really do need a lot of skills in this thing. But let me take a quick break here and let remind our listeners you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki, and I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you missed some prior shows like the one we had on entrepreneurship or our series on retirement planning, or if you'd like to re-listen to them, we maintain an archive of shows on www.wealthdna.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the show, send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Or you can follow The Ronald, all one word, no spaces, on Twitter or Facebook. And let's thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share this information with you. And incidentally, they specialize in another form of asset-based lending. During the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to ask questions. Easiest is to start a chat in the uh, chat window uh, below the uh, radio player, and I will be uh, monitoring those, and we'll take a look at uh, a couple things here uh, shortly. And I got a, a couple questions I have to uh, to share in a few moments, but uh, in that chat window is the easiest way. The other is you can call in. There is a call in number. It's shown at the top of our internet page nine one seven three eight eight four one six two. Our topic is turning assets to cash, which we're discussing with Mark Israel, and I'll make sure you spell it correctly: M A R C. Mark Israel. He is a partner and investor in Biltmore Loan and Jewelry based in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area. He's a serial entrepreneur and a salesman who has built companies and later sold them areas like manufacturing western wear, coffee brewers, ice tea machines, as well as a patented baseball cap with a built-in flashlight. Mark, I've lived in various parts of the world. The only businesses I saw doing something similar are indeed pawn shops, but the assets they deal with and their clients are very different, correct? Yeah, we differentiate ourselves from the typical pawn shop. And, and if you notice, it's called Biltmore Loan and Jewelry, and very, very seldom do we refer to ourselves as a pawn shop. For instance, we do not take guns. We do not take power tools. We do not take um, CDs. Ours is a by appointment only in one of our locations. Uh, basically, very, very high end it is elegant if you go to our website you'll see pictures um, location for somebody to come to be treated with respect dignity and complete uh, confidentiality so we're looking for the individual that 
doesn't have the, the boom box or the gun or something of that mm-hmm. nature. We're looking for somebody that has one of a list of many items that we would take in as collateral for a loan or as a purchase. And it can range from anything from a, you know, a five-carat diamond ring to Rolex watches, a collection of um, Baccarat, or it could even go to uh, an individual that has a fleet of classic cars. Uh, we do what's called a title loan using an individual's automobile as a form of collateral. They continue to use the asset, the car, to drive to and from work or to do what they need to do. But if they've paid it off, we will take the title, put it in our name, and provide a bridge loan, a month-to-month loan. That example of an individual is a, is a real estate agent um, mm-hmm. or a commission salesperson that knows he has a commission coming in in 60 or 90 days, but is short this month for some reason. He could bring in the car that he's driving if it's free and clear. We provide the, the, the loan. They continue to drive the car. When the commission check comes in, they pay it off, and off they go. The bank's not there to help that individual. So okay, but it's probably is, not the you know, 1982 uh, Nissan that we're talking about here. No, but it, it could be a 2009 <laughs> Mercedes or you know a, a classic you know um, a Corvette you know with, with, that has been redone and has a, a Barrett Jackson market value of fifty thousand. You know, then we we can work with those, and we have in the past. Um, so our our business model is such that we help the person that needs a bridge loan. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to explain to us why. They don't have to uh, bring in tax returns. They don't get uh, their credit scores checked with us. All they need to do is provide an asset that has some sort of significant value. Because if they have significant valued asset, they'll get significant cash. Um, And it's done, as I said before, in an elegant private environment. Um, discreet, confidential, and our client's confidentiality is held intact. Um, It's a pleasant experience, uh, but it is something that uh, the bank isn't there for them. It's sad to say, but 98% of the people in this country could not walk into a bank today and walk out with money. They can come into our location in 20 minutes walk out with money. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. We've actually talked about that a number of times on the show. Still, people are kind of uh, wondering if that's really true, but they haven't done it recently. But let me ask you, you touched on, on, on a point of taxes, and, and one of our listeners here has asked a, a great question. I had not thought of, so uh, many thanks and kudos to them, because that's usually not the case. But uh, how about a tax deduction? So they're paying you interest on a bridge loan. Is that tax deductible for them? Do you provide them some sort of documentation that says, uh, here's the amount of interest you paid us uh, during this time period? No. No, it, it, it's, it would be the same as in today's environment. We can't get tax deduction for our credit card debt. Okay, so it's basically treated yeah. as, so as, uh, as consumer type of, of interest. Now, if it was a business that were bringing this stuff in, different stories, they can deduct uh, interest. And also, you, on the other hand, it is taxable income. So uh, the government makes uh, makes out pretty nicely on this deal. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, some of our listeners uh, living in other parts of the world might be wondering if there's a similar high-end asset-based lender in their area. Are you aware of any uh, in, in other parts of the U.S. or even yes, other parts there, of the world? The world, not positive about the world. I know that okay. there's 
somebody has a business model similar to ours in, in New York City, and, and there's one in Beverly Hills. Hmm. Okay. Um, but we've taken the, the pawn shop concept, put it on steroids, made it private, discreet, and elegant, and user-friendly. Uh, that's basically the business. Okay. All right. No, I understand. Just uh, you know, just to see if there was any other you know competitors. It, it almost seemed that you guys have created a total. You guys, you 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 the partners. I shouldn't call them guys, but they may be women as well. Very sexist of me. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> you may have created a totally new business category. It sounds like a few others may be doing something also, and I assume Beverly Hills is much more in the luxury category as well. So uh, at least you're in the in the um, leading edge here. Uh, it's just that it may not be uh, totally new and that there are a few others uh, playing in that arena. Yeah, we've actually, I, I think five years ago when we started this, we were the first one uh, oh, okay. out with this, this concept of pawn shop on steroids. Okay. Um, you know, the overhead's much higher than a typical pawn shop. Uh, sure. We spend considerable money marketing ourselves uh, via sponsorship of a PBS show here in the Valley, but uh, it's similar to Antique Roadshow, but it's called Arizona Collectibles, and we're the, the, the sponsor of that. Uh, it, that generates the right customer for us, because the individual that's going to watch Antique Roadshow or Arizona Collectibles has artwork, has unusual items that hopefully have significant value. Uh, we also... Um, participate in some of those morning talk shows where the uh, hosts bring on, um, I guess you'd call us a sponsor of that as well, um, where we talk about our business model, we talk about the different assets, we bring on um, unusual watches and collectibles and, and discuss it with the, with the host of the show. Uh, as well as I participate in marketing by going to lawyers' convention. Uh, we take a booth at the, the Bar Association because I need the assistance of lawyers. The, law, the estate lawyer out there that has a client that all of a sudden inherited a, a large collection of um, baseball cards that has a considerable value on it, they don't know what to do with it. We are buyers of that. So I work with divorce attorneys as well as state attorneys. Um, they're a good referral source for us. Okay. Now, despite the name Biltmore Loan, of course, that's a very high-end upscale area in the Phoenix area, uh, you're not in Biltmore. You're actually in a couple of different locations uh, currently. Where are those locations? Well, we have one. Um, our initial location was on Indian Bend and Scottsdale Road in a three-story office building. Uh, where it was by appointment only. Uh, we just relocated that location one month ago to the corner of Scottsdale Road in Mercer, which is a couple blocks north of, um, of Shea Boulevard. It is a freestanding building, um, elegant, well-decorated, um, and is open to the public uh, weekdays from 9 to 5. But um, you don't necessarily need an appointment. If you have something special, we, we do you know, ask that you call in advance so we can do our research. Sure. So our primary location is here in, in the Scottsdale area, and then we opened one uh, two years ago in Chandler, uh, okay. Arizona, which is right off of I-10 and Ray Road. Um, and so far, these are our two locations. We're, we're looking to open one on the west side in, in the coming year. Um, and 
each and one of these areas draws uh, clientele from you know their, their surrounding areas. But we also get customers that that reach out to us from totally out of the metropolitan area, and even sure. from outside the state of Arizona that have unusual assets and want to discuss their value and if they can possibly use you know us to convert it into cash. Okay. Now, besides adding additional locations in this Phoenix Scottsdale area, do you have any plans for expansion, other geographies, or maybe franchising the concept, or somehow affiliating with the uh, other businesses that have cropped up and, and turning it into kind of a uh, nationwide or eventually international type of uh, of company? It it's come up in our business model discussions. Um, it's a difficult business because you really need to have the hands-on expertise sure. to evaluate the asset. Uh, there could be a way that we could work with uh, jewelers around the country to assist them in liquidating some of their assets uh, or using their jewelry to obtain a short-term loan. It has come up in discussion, and, and we've been tweaking some ideas. But right okay. now, to say that we're opening in in Des Moines next week, no, that's not on the drawing board. <laughs> okay, no, fair enough. And plus, we, you know, I'm not going to delve into your whole strategic planning process. But right. on the other hand, just to get, to get an idea and and also kind of planting some ideas in in our in our listeners' minds because they may want to partner with you in that in specific areas if, if our listeners are in uh, areas that might be suitable. So I've kind of you know doing dual no, no, purpose most here. Most definitely, I'm open to discussing you know any business opportunity, any synergistic relationship. I mean, if there's a listener out there that that has a collection of of some unusual items and, and wants to see how they can turn that into cash, or if somebody has a business similar to ours and you know might have an idea, we're we're open to to any discussion. Okay. Now you've touched on this a little bit, but you know, the only past shows we've done on asset-based lending, we didn't call it that, uh, but we we talked about uh, loans against real estate, private mortgage lending, and uh, buying mortgage notes, both performing and non-performing. With those, the lender has some fairly objective market comps, uh, which is the property itself. But terminating, but determining the value of a Jaguar is different than you know value in antique vase or vase, if uh, if you prefer that pronunciation, uh, which is of course different in the jewelry or art. So so your your job is really quite complex, and 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 the idea of somebody walking in and saying, "Hey, I'd like to uh, sell this to you," or, or loan is really kind of a, a forget it type of deal. They really do have you have to do some research. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the way we begin the process is, if somebody goes to our website and finds mm-hmm. us through a web search or sees our commercial and goes to our website, there's a form to be filled out. And in this form, we ask them to um, present their asset, how they heard about us for our marketing you know, mm-hmm. questionnaire, and then, if possible, to attach a, a picture of, of the item. And then we immediately get back to them, acknowledging that we received their request, and we then move forward using our database of experts. Um, besides our in-house employees, we have um, – a art expert from ASU that we use. We have um, a rug expert that we use. You know, there's um, what's something called NADA, which is a um, similar to a blue book for mm-hmm. collectible cars and high-end cars. We use blue book as well. Um, and 
as I mentioned earlier, the expertise of various auction houses. And that gives us pretty much a base that we could work from. When somebody comes into us with a, um, a two-carat diamond ring that they purchased at a retail jeweler in a mall, or they come in with the appraisal uh, for insurance purposes, it's our obligation and, and, and job to explain to that individual that it really isn't worth that in today's environment or world. That appraisal was done for insurance purposes. They want to make that as high as possible mm -hmm. so that they can collect a higher uh, premium or they can um, assist the, the, the retailer in justifying what they charged them for the, for the ring or bracelet or tennis bracelet or whatever it is. So we have to explain and be the bearer of reality mm -hmm. to the consumer that purchased that item. And they understand that, that a retailer has to work on, you know, three or four time markup and that we as somebody that's going to purchase it cannot offer what they paid for it. Their option when they come in with that type of asset is to try to sell it themselves to an end user using Craigslist or an eBay platform and waiting for that individual that might be a buyer to come. And there's, there's a lot of hassles involved mm -hmm. in that. Our business model makes it very, very simple for the individual that has an asset that needs to turn it into immediate cash. They come into us, we sit with them, we tell them what the, the value is to us, and then we give them two options. One, they could sell it to us, walk out, site, go on out of their mind, you know, site, no more thoughts about the asset, or they can leave the asset with us, take the cash, and then have a 90-day uh, bridge loan to consider their options. And at the end of 90 days, they literally have three options. One, they can come in, pay the principal and the interest, and walk out with their asset. Item. Mm -hmm. Two, they can come in, just pay the interest, and roll it over for a period of time, and have another period of time to either get their commission check, um, save up enough money from their paychecks, win the lottery, whatever the situation might be, to get the asset back. Or three, they can just say to me, Mark, you know what, I lived without the watch. It's yours. I'll tell time using my phone. And they basically I bought it from them, you know, 90 days earlier. So mm -hmm. those are the, the, the really the dynamics of the business. We provide immediate cash either via bridge loan or through an asset purchase. And it helps individuals out that can't go to the bank or the SBA is not there for them. I'm going to convey a short little story to you. Okay. This weekend, I got an inquiry over the Internet, and it said, um, you know, the individual gave his name. He says, I have a Rolex watch. I have a, um, a restaurant. Actually, he was in surprise, and he said that you know the snowbirds have left. I need a bridge loan to hold me over until the snowbirds come back. Mm -hmm. That is the typical prototype of an individual that could use our service. They have a valuable asset. 
they have a situation where they know their cash flow is going to be um, inadequate for Mm -hmm. two or three months for some reason, and we can provide that loan using that high-end asset that they have. We also could do, you know, that's a that might be a twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand dollar loan. Mm-hmm. We also go into lending money on an asset that a lot of people don't lend on. We are very skeptical and do not want to get involved in hard money lending on uh, homes or mm-hmm. office buildings where there's occupants. We don't want that hassle of, of having to take over a or things of that nature. So right. we found a little niche. We provide bridge loans for individuals that have free and clear real estate, the land. Mm-hmm. So if somebody okay. has three acres and there's no building on it, and for some reason they have it up for sale, yet they need a an amount of capital to do something with or a little bridge loan, we will provide 20, 30% of the appraised value or the value that the land's up for sale for and do a month-to-month loan. No one-year loans, no prepayment penalties, just a month-to-month loan to help them out or provide the cash they might need if they want to you know, develop uh, something on the land. But if it's free and clear, vacant land, we do loans on that. Just an interesting little item that we've added to our right. portfolio. You know, it's interesting. You made one one comment before I uh, kind of take a short break here is to, uh, on the appraisals, you mentioned on some of these valuable items, the appraisals tend to be biased higher because of the, uh, you know, they're trying to get the insurance valuation, making sure that it's covered, whereas on the real estate land, there's probably, uh, that's, you know, same category, the appraisals tend to be biased lower, because very often the appraisers have been taught by the banks and, and by various lenders to, you know, give us kind of a very safe level of appraisal, and, and, and very often, uh, it, you know, just something I would not have thought of, that the bias in an appraisal, you got to know your business, and you got to know that particular uh, sector uh, before you decide that appraisal is is uh, is accurate. Right. So we take those appraisals which the individual is relying on, and we actually give them the the bad news mm-hmm. that you know it, that's not the real world that appraisal. Correct. And so the appraisal has a different purpose than than, than right. You know, right. it's not necessarily market value. It's kind of making sure that you're you're covered. Okay. But before we continue, in case you just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier part in the archive. If you missed prior shows, you can find them in the archives as well. WealthDNA.us. Let's thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp, a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share this information with you. Our guest is Mark Israel. M-A-R-C, very important since we had a typo on the website for a while, uh, partner in Biltmore Loan and Jewelry based in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. Topic is turning assets to cash, which is what Mark does at Biltmore Loan and Jewelry. If you just tuned in, you'll want to go back to the beginning of the show, and something just turned on on my uh, very interesting thing here. Sorry for a quick break here, but all of a sudden something turned on my uh, system which uh, I've never had that happen before, so my apologies. But anyway, if you have just tuned in, go back to the beginning of the show. Just use the same link that got you to the show. Our producers make it pretty easy for you. Uh, 
Uh, now, Mark, I, I want to kind of transition to some of these more specific questions with an interesting joke that you remind me of in, when you talked about the different reasons people come for a uh, for a loan. This was a cute little joke about a lady taking a personal loan for like $5,000 for two months and offering her Rolls Royce as collateral. The reason, and of course the punchline to the joke was the interest on that loan was far less expensive than paying for parking in New York City. So I, yeah, I, I assume there are there are people that uh, think think of the flip side of your business that would look for uh, another way to do it. But that doesn't sound like you're into the parking business, uh, as a bank might have done, is stucking it stuck it uh, that car into a a parking lot while they had the loan out. <laughs> but all all seriousness aside, here are, are the interest rates due monthly or at the end of that that 90-day contract? And I'm not talking now about the land uh, specific aspect you mentioned, but in in general, these 90-day bridge loans is it just basically at the end of that 90-day contract uh, they make the payments, uh, or is there yes. you know kind of monthly interest? Well, there's there's two two um, types of loans we do. Okay. Uh, well, three. You know, the the land we'll put that aside. That is a month to month. Without a, you know, there's no prepayment. So, mm-hmm. but besides that, the majority of our um, loans are collateral-based uh, that are 90-day loans. So at the end of 90 days, the interest is due. Mm-hmm. On title loans, using a vehicle as collateral, that is a month-to-month situation. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Glad glad I asked that question because I, you know, you had mentioned that and I didn't pick up on that that nuance. Okay. So let's call it three different categories. I will remember that. Uh, now, uh, while somebody has their items um, in essence as collateral for this ninety day loan, um, do you have that item up for sale just in case, uh, so that uh, they if they got a good offer, they would be you know they might want to take it and uh, use that to pay off the loan, or is the item basically just put aside for that full ninety days until they make the decision? Technically, the the asset is put aside in our safe, um, okay. which is totally secure. We're, we're insured for three million dollars by Lloyd's of London. Um, the individual's watch or tennis bracelet or diamond ring or, or whatever the asset is, is um, wrapped. They sign on it. Um, it's never opened again until they come back to get it. So during that period of time, the asset's held in our safe, and there's no uh, – we don't put it up for sale. We don't you know, actively show it to anybody. It's just there waiting for them to come back. Um, the assets that people come in with that we purchase because they chose to turn the asset into immediate cash and not borrow mm-hmm. against it, those under the technical um, aspect of our business, we need to hold for uh, 21 days so mm-hmm. that we can't do anything with it. Uh, our newest business model, and I guess I'll use this platform to, to introduce this, is cool. that you know we've been in business now for almost five years, and we've accumulated a large number of items, um, ranging from watches to diamonds to tennis bracelets to baseball cards to um, artwork, etc. And time went so fast we really didn't realize that we were clogging up our cash flow by 
putting it into inventory. So we've aggressively started an e-commerce business called Biltmore Lux. That's BiltmoreLUX.com. And that's a upscale um, e-commerce site with elegant items on there. If somebody goes to that site, they'll see the types of assets that we've inherited or purchased over the, the past number of years. At the bottom of that site, there's a link to an eBay store that we've started also for our less valuable or less mm-hmm. lower-end items that we've accumulated when we bought certain estates. One of our business models is to go out to individuals' homes and buy the entire state. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay. Because, you know, one of the D's was the the death issue. And, you know, when, when somebody's left with, you know, a home where the spouse or the parents were, you know, no longer with us, they might have a, a need to sell a lot of the assets or all the assets. So we work with um, certain companies that go in there and can set up a um, – an estate sale, and then we'll buy or take the the items that we want for our inventory. Um, so th- that's part of the the business model, you know, which is new to us, which is the e-commerce site. Uh, but we also use, as I mentioned earlier, the high-end auction houses around the country as a source to um, sell our items. Mm-hmm. Um, that. You know, the auction business is, is, you know, something that, you know, is an option for the individual that might come to us. But when they send an item off to, we'll use um, uh, Heritage Auction in Dallas, Texas, they will provide an estimate, a reserve if the individual wants it. But then the individual has to wait until that particular uh, auction comes it could be six months before they have an mm-hmm. auction on a sports memorabilia auction or six months right. until they have a Western art uh, auction. They don't want to, the individual needs the money, doesn't want to wait the six months, and then it has to wait to see if it sells and whether when they get the money, and then they pay a, uh, a seller's uh, premium on top of it. They come to us, we're a media buyer, then we go through that, that process. Sure. So exactly. when somebody has that asset they want to turn into cash, they can take the longer route or they can come to us and we're immediate buyers. Okay. Let me let me go a little deeper on that. Let's say that somebody had sent you some general information about an asset and you, you put together earlier research, whatever, and they come in with it and there's a big gap between what they think it's worth, uh and, and maybe actually worth just because, you know, your research wouldn't have known all of the conditions and all of that and maybe some, some authenticity or whatever else. Do you then offer them kind of a, a loan they could take immediately and let them know that they might be able to take a larger loan but it would require some further assessment or valuation? On your part? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what we do. Um, if, if hypothetically somebody comes in with a, um, um, a, a Van Gogh, okay? Yeah, sure. Let's just say, yeah, we can take a, uh, um, um, uh, a vase from the CM Dynasty Russell, or something. Or a like Western that, piece which... of artwork, okay? okay. Um, a, a Hoffman piece of artwork and they think it, you know they paid twenty five thousand dollars for that piece you know mm-hmm. 30 years ago well the art world isn't what it was 30 years ago 
reality is, is that the, the people that would have spent that kind of money 30 years ago are now in their 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people in the 70s that like that type of art aren't going to go out and spend $25,000 on a piece of artwork. The, the, right, the market right, isn't right. there anymore. And their kids don't care about a Western piece of artwork anymore. Right. So the market demand isn't there for, for that. But the individual still has it in their mind that they want to get as much as they can for the asset. Sure. So they can bring us that piece of artwork. We could provide a, a five or $10,000 loan on it mm-hmm. while they continue to uh, either have it listed for sale themselves or oh. try to shop it to a gallery or friends. And they just, but they got the immediate money from us. And then they have the option to come back and get it at any time. So we do okay. provide the, that interim bridge loan using that asset. And then at the end of the period of time, they realized they couldn't sell it for what they thought. Then they could either walk away from it and we bought it, or they can come back and get it and put it back on their wall. Okay. Now, do you disclose the typical interest rates or range of rates that you, you uh, uh, charge on these loans, or are they very specific to the type of, of asset? They vary according to the asset. You know, the uh, a high-end Rolex watch that we know we have resale value will bear a little bit lower rate than mm-hmm. a, um, a an unknown piece of artwork that we have no idea if we're going to be able to get rid of it. It depends on the on the upside for us and the risk factor, you know, for us. Okay, and uh, let's. Um Remind our listeners how they'd contact you, learn more about Biltmore Loan Jewelry. It's very important that they have the uh, website. And actually, let's share both websites now that you've uh, let us know about this new e-commerce aspect. Well, the website, BiltmoreLoan.com, will take you to our site where you can learn more about our our business model. You'll see some of our um, TV shows that we've been on. You'll see some of the commercials. There'll be lots of verbiage there explaining our business model and how our business works. That's BiltmoreLoan.com. BiltmoreLux.com is our e-commerce site, and that'll show you the type of assets that we've acquired or inherited over the years. Um, As I mentioned earlier, if somebody wants to contact me, it's Mark, M-A-R-C, at Mm -hmm. BiltmoreLoan.com. Um, and we do have two locations, one here in Scottsdale and one in the Chandler Market. Mm-hmm. And maybe more in the future. And yes. we've covered, covered a lot of aspects of turning assets to cash today. Are there some key ones you'd like to add or emphasize to, to make sure that uh, we don't kind of miss them in, in this series of questions? Yeah, our, our specialty is jewelry. Um, it could be David Yerman piece. It could be Tiffany pieces. It could be just a plain gold chain. Um, the higher end is, you know, and the larger the diamond is more of our specialty. But anybody that hasn't been to a black tie affair in the last 10, 15 years and has noticed in their um, safety deposit box or their jewelry box that they've had this brooch or ring that they haven't worn and it's just sitting there, mm-hmm. why not consider coming to us, selling it to us, taking the money and, and buying 
you know, three shares of Google stock or 10 shares of Google stock, and you'll get much greater appreciation from that asset than you would from a piece of jewelry sitting in a, um, a safety deposit box or a jewelry chest. Um, so, you know, we, we do specialize in jewelry. Um, we, there's another niche market out there that we do very well with that I didn't bring up. We buy or lend on high-end purses. The oh, um, okay. Chanel's, the Hermes, the Louis Vuittons—that is a big part of our business. Um, you'd be surprised and shocked how many shopaholics there were out there in the days when, you know, they just continued to buy that second, third, fourth purse, and now they don't use them as often. And we're buyers of it, or lenders using that as an asset, because some hmm. of those purses have actually gone up in value. I'm tempted to bring in my wife's purse and uh, shoe collection, but uh, she will now kill me when, I, uh, <laughs> when she uh, hears that part in the show. So, uh, I, but uh, that is something definitely worth it. You know what? But there are I, a lot I of really, husbands that bring stuff in. <laughs> I want to get, and it may not even be divorce, but it could be a could be the uh, startup right. one. <laughs> so uh, that's the decluttering aspect of our business. Yeah, exactly. People no, I, are I just much backed so. up I, with stuff. Well, your example on the on the artwork is exactly that. That was going to be my comment. Somebody's in their 70s, 80s. They're now moving into a much smaller place than they had before. What are they going to do with all this stuff? And their kids don't right. necessarily care about it, or, or even have space for it, uh, or whatever else. So no, this is this is great. I mean, you're 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 a delightful guest. Really learned a lot about your business. I think you've done you know a, a fascinating job of creating a whole new segment and. Uh, have become a uh, asset-based lender in the process, and in essence, uh, you've created, you and your partners have created income for life uh, by uh, putting this business together. And I, you know, commend you for that. A great, great venture, and I look forward to uh, talking to you more. And maybe we'll do a little bit more on the uh, Biltmore Lux site as that gets uh, some traction. And that may also be something that could be of of interest to to, to people that are into collectibles. Yep. Ron, I thank you so much. Um, once again, uh, it was my pleasure to be on, and we say yes when the bank says no. Perfect. Really appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, in many of our shows, we share different ways of investing to diversify your portfolio beyond stocks, bonds, and cash, but it's very rare to, for us to find a totally new business model like Biltmore Loan & Jewelry. So do we classify Mark Israel as an entrepreneur or as an investor? Well, let me borrow from one of the 17 wealth files in T. Harv Ecker's book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I think the answer is both. Now, since I mentioned it, let me share the specific statement for this wealth file. And, and if you have read that book, uh, I highly encourage you to kind of go back to those wealth files. This is one that I'm working on. Uh, but his statement is, rich people think both, poor people think either or. And this is an important thing to, uh, uh, to factor in. So are you uh, starting a business or are you starting an investment style? And the answer in this case, I think, is both. If you create another investment uh, business model like Mark has done or the founders of BI Solutions, our sponsors have done, we'd love to hear about it. Maybe have you on, uh, on the show to talk about how you've done that, what you've done. But very few investors will create such a business model. So one of the best backup plans is to build your wealth and your portfolio is to tune into the Wealth DNA Radio Show every second and fourth Monday of the month. Regular listeners know that our objective is to share the fundamentals of investing and provide great ideas for 
protecting and building your wealth. So uh, our mission is to help you and one million other people become millionaires. Today's show is a good example of how our listeners become millionaires. Our next show will be a continuation of this series on asset-based lending, although we haven't confirmed which of our two experts we plan to uh, have, uh, which one will be able to join us. But I certainly hope Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter's quote helped you see the genius behind Mark Israel's business model, the rich buy assets, the poor only have expenses. It's the affluent and wealthy that tend to own assets, whether they inherited them, bought them at a very good price for appreciation, or just own them to enjoy. There are times they may prefer to have cash than those assets. And Mark very nicely described those four Ds. And certainly if they're regular listeners to the show, they probably prefer to sell their toxic assets or take loans against them in order to buy IGAs. Recall that stands for income generating assets. And again, Mark shared an example of appreciation on stock may be far better than it is on particular assets. Saying that reminds me that we should add a show on the five parts to a balance sheet during this series on asset-based lending. Because if IGAs didn't make sense to you or toxic assets was a new term, then that five parts to a balance sheet will bring those points home. We have talked about them, but not necessarily in that way. Now, if you missed prior to, uh, part of today's show, you want to recommend it to some friends. The link in the announcement will take you to the archive version. And of course, you'll also find the full list of past shows there. And that is WealthDNA.us. I'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, for helping us put together this show. They specialize in another form of asset-based lending using residential properties as assets. The next Wealth DNA Radio Show will be the second Monday of June. That is Monday, June 13th, 9 a.m. Arizona time, same place, same time. We'll be talking about other forms of asset-based lending. And as I said, we haven't confirmed our guest yet, but I can assure you it is a person that's very specialized and knows the industry well. The full lineup of guests and topics is on www.wealthdna.us. You'll find the archive of past shows there, too, as I've mentioned. If you have comments or questions about the show, or if you haven't received my emails reminding you of the show, send an email to ron at wealthdna.us or follow The Ronald on Facebook or Twitter. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing and thinking about how you can profit from asset-based lending. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. <laughs>